What's up? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. This week, I'm really excited to bring you this content. We're right in the middle of tax season, tax returns, money coming in, and it's a great time of year to use those returns to either start preparing a financial plan or personal budget, which in turn can help you understand what a healthy sneaker budget is, how to afford sneakers, how to budget for sneakers, and how to put yourself in a position where you aren't essentially utilizing any income or cash on sneakers that you may not necessarily have when you think about the whole plan. And to just remind you, keep in stock, the weekly sneaker podcast providing you with a rundown of modern sneaker culture, upcoming releases from your favorite brands, sneaker history, financial analysis, guests, and more in fast-paced 20 to 30-minute podcast episodes. And this week, as you can tell, we're going to look at how to budget for sneakers, also a pseudo way of to create your own personal financial plan. With all that being said, sit back, relax, and let's unbox an episode of Keeping Stock now. So whether you're a kid, a teenager, young adult, adult, I guess is the next step from there, or a retiree, a financial plan is beneficial in all stages of life. It helps you give you a better understanding of where your money is going, setting you up for long-term goals, and also putting you in a positive situation if something were to come up. And that's a big issue when I was younger. I'm still just a young adult and have a lot to learn. But when I was younger, I wasn't properly budgeting for my sneaker purchases. And you look at the rising trend in sneaker prices going from a few years back being looking at Jordans that were 150 $160, or even further back when Jordans were $120, $110. And now we're approaching that borderline where the average sneaker in the sneaker community that is considered cool or hot to some people's preferences is $190, $200, $225, And if you're just throwing that out every other weekend or you don't have an understanding of where your finances are, you could potentially put yourself at a deficit. And so today we're going to put together an example financial plan and how to budget for sneakers and also give you that complete understanding of how you should be budgeting. And essentially everyone has different needs, struggles, life situations, the way they make their money, their payment plans, etc. And so this is aggregated advice from a lot of financial professionals put quotes around that because theirs, once again, is subjective, but there is some research based on this to help people out. And this is from, you may have heard of Dave Ramsey, Grant Cardone, Susie Orman, etc. And these are also tips that I learned over time as I got a little bit more money and could understand where that dollar was going, but also where I wanted to set up for the future. So what I first did was looked at the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics weekly earnings report of wage and salary. And the reason I looked at this was to get a better understanding of the average working American income. Once again, American income, the average or the median. So in the middle, some are much higher on the $3,700. And this is pre-tax. So before the money is taxed out of that paycheck. And so for this example, I'm going to say that's roughly $3,500 a month, a little bit more maintainable at a full-time gig. Um, 
and that comes out to about $42,000 a year before taxes. And so the average, according to this report, was around 36 to 37. Um, and so I brought this up to $3,500 a month, um, something that looked a little bit more consistent state to state to understand why you need to know this portion when creating your sneaker budget. Because as you'll soon find out, if you're planning your sneaker budget around, oh, I can buy two pairs a month. So that's $400 a month. Do you re realistically have that $400 to spend on sneakers? Once again, personal preference, do whatever you want with your money. But this might put you in a better situation long term and for financial stability if you really understand what you have to work with per month or per quarter. So every three months, you know, every half year, whatever it may be when you're purchasing sneakers. And so with that, the typical rule of thumb is the 50 30 20 rule and so that is 50 percent of your income goes to your needs then 30 percent goes to your wants and 20 percent goes to your savings equaling a hundred percent and so those needs are your fixed expenses that are reoccurring every month depending on your situation so that's you know rent or mortgage renters insurance homeowners insurance your auto payment if you own a car auto insurance, utilities, groceries, childcare, loans, student debt, internet, you etc. things that you personally need to be paying every month to survive or live comfortably. Because in some instances, right, I put internet on there. Not everyone needs internet. You can go to Starbucks or the library or pretty much everywhere offers free Wi-Fi. But in this case, when we're diving through our sneaker budget, it's important to know your needs first because that's going to be a good majority of your income and where it's going. And I see that when I was younger, that was a big problem I had is I wasn't prioritizing my needs where sometimes at the end I was a little short on at the end of the month for something and maybe I had to pay someone, you know, back a little at a later date or, you know, I never got in trouble with credit cards, but that's how people do get in trouble with credit cards as well. And then you go to your wants. So your wants, right? That's sneakers, clothing, apparel, dining out is a want. It's not a need. You can cook at home with that money you've used to get your groceries, alcohol. If you drink event tickets, so movies, sporting events, comedy, theater, whatever it may be, those type of tickets, memberships to, you know, maybe it's a streaming platform or a country club or a car club or a discord group or a monthly subscription service, something like that, followed by, you know, travel. If you're constantly traveling out of town every weekend for personal pleasure, that's a want. It's not a need. Um, and that's something you have to budget for as well. Then lastly, that 20% go into your savings. So your emergency funds, retirement, credit card debt, your personal investments, or further paying off that loan or student debt that you have. And that's the base structure that I'm going to run through and give you an example of to creating a sneaker budget. And I think some of you may know some of these steps. Some of you may have thought of them, but this might put it into action for you to understand where your money could be going to benefit you long term and also give you a comfortable adjustment to what you should be spending on sneakers. 
Because if we look at this past All-Star Weekend, you could have easily spent $1,200, $1,500 on sneakers when realistically you didn't have that money. And maybe next pay cycle or in two pay cycles, you're hurting because of that. Because as great as sneakers are, if we're being honest, they depreciate in value as soon as you put them on your feet. Yes, there are some very rare instances where shoes that you put on your feet may stay the same price or may go be a little bit higher. But like personally, look, one of the ones, my example is my shattered backboards. Those go for $900, $1,100 brand new. I put them on my feet. Yes, they still go for $600, $500, a $400 um, gross profit margin, but it's not as high as it could have been. And in some cases, some of these sneakers that are super hot right now that you thought you just bought and are going to skyrocket in a couple months may go way down. I mean, you look at the OVO Jordans, right? Those were 225, 275 when they came out. We're hitting prices at $600, 650. And if you look at them now, you can grab a pair for 300, 325. And that as a seller, that's not including fees. So yeah, you're making 20 or $30, but maybe it wasn't necessary at that time. And that investment is always risky. But for this case, we're going to just look at a base financial plan, very simple and kind of streamlined, not going to go too far into the weeds, but I'll give you the breakdown of someone who is making $3,500 a month. So pre-tax because tax in every state is going to be very different. And, you know, you might have medical, dental, health, or 401k, things like that coming out of those checks. And it's really hard to make that very streamlined here for this example. So we're going to go $3,500 pre-tax. And so to start, we're going to go with our needs. So our needs, right? You have $3,500. You've worked full time. Uh, maybe you got a bonus. Maybe you're crushing it. At, in your retail store, maybe you're crushing it as a freelancer, whatever it may be, you've made $3,500. It's the first of the month, and now you've given out $1,100 on rent or your mortgage, saying you don't have roommates and it's strictly you, right? So the average rent or mortgage in America is around $900 to $1,400. And so in that case, I picked $1,100. So now you're out $1,100 just like that one day. There's still 29 days left in the month. And now we're at $2,400 and we still have to go through our needs. So now we have our, we'll say you, uh, we'll say you own your car for this example. So you don't have a car payment. If you do have a car payment, factor this in while we work it together. So you have to pay your auto insurance and your renters or home insurance. And if you don't have renters insurance and you're listening to this podcast and you own a more than normal amount of sneakers, you need to get renters insurance just in case something happens in your apartment or your home um, or wherever you're living, a fire, a flood, um, robbery, etc. and see what that covers because you don't want to miss out on the thousands of dollars you've paid on sneakers. And I'm sure you never think about how much you spend on them when you look at them, but it's thousands of dollars right in front of you that could go away just like that. So grab renter's insurance. So now we're at $2,400 after rent, 
auto insurance on average seems to be around a hundred bucks. Uh, then we take out our renter's insurance or mortgage, um, or homeowner's insurance, sorry. And that's another 20. So now we're taking 120 away from $2,400. You have 2280 left still in the needs 2280. Now we're taking out your internet, 60 bucks a month. We're taking out your utilities, 200 bucks a month. So now we're looking at $2,020 started with $3,500 and we're still in this needs category. And you can see how this dwindles pretty quickly, right? From that $2,020, now you take away groceries, $200 a month. On average, you take away your gas and your vehicle, 80 bucks a month, $20 a week, which could be right, could be wrong, could be higher, could be lower. These are all general averages that I found from aggregated sources, so you can always adjust these. And then after groceries and your gas, we're gonna take out the average student loan. The average student loan in America right now, the payment is $350 a month. Isn't that absurd? That is unbelievable to me, and that's a whole nother conversation, but we're gonna take that out as well. So 200 for groceries, $80 for gas, $350 for your student loan or credit or debt payment. And so with that, that leaves us with $1,390. Started with $3,500. Now you can see that's almost $2,000, which is a little bit more than 50%. And that 50% rule is pretty loose because rent can really change that. Rent realistically should be about 30% of your total income. And in this case, it's right around there. But you look at those loans, your utilities, auto insurance, etc. gas, you don't think about groceries add up. Now you've swindled down to 1390. Now let's move to saving because I put saving before your wants in this case. And when I budget, because saving helps you for the future. If you want to retire early, you want to have an emergency fund. You want to have compounding interest on your investments. That's what saving is going to do for you. And so if at this point you don't have an emergency fund, for me personally, I think three months is a comfortable place to be because three months in an emergency fund is three months of rent and all of those needs already and put aside. So if something does come up, you get laid off, you get injured, unforeseen car expense, unforeseen medical expense, uh, you know, emergency trip somewhere, etc. You have to be able to pull that money from somewhere. If you don't have that saved up, that's when it can start really snowballing um, and infecting you. And so for saving 20% from that original 3,500 is where I look at it is $700. And so that's building up that emergency fund, investments, retirement goals, paying off maybe more loan or more debt because you want to get that as, out of the way as soon as possible. Because as you can see, if you can eliminate that $350 a month need payment of your debt, that's $350 freed up for elsewhere, maybe your wants. And so now from our savings, we took $700. So that's $1,390 minus $700. That gives us a remaining total of $690. Great. You have $690 to spend, but that's not the end of the road. Yes, we're in our wants. and You can prioritize this however you like, but based on the average American spend from ages 21 to 44, 
it looks like the average gym membership is $30. Entertainment and dining is around $200. And maybe you're paying for your TV packages or pay-per-views. That's $15 for Hulu, HBO, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, whatever you're paying for. That's $15. And so that leaves you with a total of $445 of for fun money, your wants, sneakers, apparel, etc. And that gives you an idea of what you have left over. And that's how I like to derive my sneaker budget is looking at my needs, what I'm saving, and some of those typical wants, then understanding what I have left. So, you know, do I want to spend all $445 on sneakers each month? Maybe not. Maybe I only want to spend $200 or I am willing to spend $200. And so that kind of gives you the breakdown of how to create a sneaker budget, understanding your needs, saving, and your wants. And then finding out of that final total, what you realistically want to place on sneakers out of that fun money. And then to go further, I roll over my fun money. And so what that means is say I put aside $200 a month for my sneakers and I only end up paying $120, $130. That extra 70, I roll over into them next month. So now I have $270 put aside for sneakers and that continues to build up and build up and build up till the end of the year. Maybe because I've taken so many L's from sneaker and lost on so many raffles or drops that I'm actually plus $600 it's more plausible than you think. And you can use that $600. You've already saved. You've already paid for your needs, the other wants. You can use that $600 to maybe buy a grail, maybe put more into savings, maybe take, you know, someone in your life on a, a fun dinner or a great experience, go to their first basketball or football game, go on a big trip. That money is there. And that's only from your sneaker budget, right? So that was $200 a month. That's now rolled over to 600. You still have from our final total of $445, that other 245 that you've been working with, and that could be rolling over further. If you want to get more away from the sneaker game into more, uh, a better financial intelligence situation, take that money instead of rolling over that $200, take that $200 and put it into your individual retirement account. Roth IRA, put it into personal investments, put it into uh, CDs and bonds, etc. And that's another way to push that sneaker budget and utilize it. So maybe you are willing to spend that $200. You don't get the opportunity in the month of February or March. You put it towards an investment and maybe you see that trend. You know, if we, if you pay attention to stocks, you see Tesla shot up over the past couple of weeks. Maybe that was one of your investments early on, catches up later in the year, and you've made 40 bucks, 50 bucks, 60 bucks on that. Or you put it into account with compounding interest at the age of 20 or 25 or 30. That compounding interest is heavy. Uh, And if you aren't familiar with compounding interest, check it out, do some research. It's something, as soon as you can take advantage of it, you should be. Same as with your 401k. If your employer is offering a match opportunity, you should be matching that. Just because sneakers are $200 and you have that, doesn't mean you shouldn't understand the full scope of where your money is going. 
And that's a financial plan. And you can cut those numbers in half if you work part-time. My total came out if you're working part-time, so I just halved it. You'd have about $150 a month for a sneak or for fun money, not for sneakers. So it gets a little bit tighter. If you're curious on how to get other sources of income, there's three ways I break it down. You can get a part-time job, right? You can mow your neighbor's lawns. You could do cleaning or detailing. You could do coffee. You could do a night stocking shift. You can walk dogs, etc. whatever it is, something that you can do, you know, maybe eight hours a week. That's going to give you some extra cash. You can build a skill and utilize that on sites like Fiverr and get hired independently as a freelancer, or you could build influence, which is long-term. So you could build a following of engaged users on Instagram or Twitter. You can build a podcast, you can build YouTube, but that's not going to get you revenue overnight. Those are long-term goals of four to six plus years. You might get lucky and catch that break, but even on Twitch or streaming video games, whatever it may be, you have to start now to make that additional income down the line. I hope that was beneficial to you guys. I think it is exciting once you understand how much money you are bringing in and how much you should be allocating to your sneakers and setting yourself up for the future because it's great that you can buy sneakers now, but what happens when you end up having to sell all those sneakers down the road because you haven't made an emergency fund and something's come up? You have to get rid of all those sneakers for the low or as quick as possible, which hurts more, not only buying sneakers at full retail, but not being able to sell them at full value because you have to get rid of them immediately. So if you have any questions about the financial plan or how to budget for sneakers, feel free to reach out to me on social, check out YouTube videos, use Google. There's a ton of resources out there to help you. And even if you're not committed to buying sneakers every month, but you're interested in maybe you're doing video games or collectibles or fine dining or anything, really, financial plan is going to benefit you to understand your comfort zone with what you want to spend. Because in some cases, you may be spending $275 a month on sneakers. And when you look at your needs in this financial plan, you might say, wow, that really doesn't make sense. That's really immature of me because I realistically only have $125 a month and I've been skimping out on my debt payments or my student loans. And that interest is going to get me on the back end. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this segment. We'll be right back after a short break to cover cool content and some upcoming releases. Cuban Style can be found on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, and much more. Make sure to like us, favorite, or rate us on your favorite podcast platform, along with following Keeping Stock. That way you can be notified each and every Sunday when a new episode is uploaded and you're in touch for the newest content, potential giveaways, and interviews. So make sure to follow us on your favorite platform. So let's start with some cool content. I finally finished The Witcher on Netflix. I thought that was entertaining. I thought it did a good job of covering mechanics from the book and the game, different details here and there. Uh, you know, short eight episodes. It is fun to watch if you're into that style of TV. Uh, I think Henry Cavill does a great job. I think it's going to be a great series as more seasons come along. But you have to remember, it's only the first season and they're still trying to set up for those people who aren't familiar with the video game or the book and maybe jumping into that universe for the first time. In addition, 
I think it's awesome what Lids is doing. So if you aren't familiar, if you go down to Lids, you can get any hat that you bring in or that you purchase embroidered for free with a Kobe Bryant embroidery and remembering Kobe Bryant for the tragic accident that occurred earlier this year. And I, I was really happy with what they did. They were super cool about it, super streamlined, and it's some way to easily remember Kobe um, without lids taking advantage of consumers by charging them for it. It's a great opportunity to connect with the brand, and it's something that I'm going to keep forever now that I've added this piece to my hats. We also saw Riachamora sign with GOAT. As we know, Kyle Kuzma signed with GOAT. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to work as Rui is Washington Wizards with Jordan Brand, one of the first Japanese athletes um, to be with the brand. So I'm curious to see how GOAT styles him or what silhouettes from the Jordan Brand he's allowed to play in as they've been pushing the 34 pretty heavily. And then finally, Nike released their Space Hippie campaign, which I thought was a great step for the future. Adidas has their parlay program where they use recycled plastics. Adidas, Nike has their grind program where they recycle and grind up old donated shoes that you might see at the Nike outlets that you can donate and turn those into sneakers. I know they've done it with tracks in the past, turf fields, etc. So it's cool to see them move those materials into sneakers and they look surprisingly interesting and unique as well. You can see more photos of that out on social media. Hopefully when they do come out, I'll be able to grab a pair. And in terms of grabbing pairs, let's talk about upcoming sneaker releases. We're going to be looking at February 17th through February 22nd. Uh, on the 22nd, if you didn't know, it's a pretty large heavyweight fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Uh, I think it's going to be an epic fight. I think Wilder wins in sub seven rounds. Uh, it's just hard to contain some of that raw amount of power where he has to get one shot right to finish someone we saw almost saw it in the last fight. Fury is a phenomenal boxer who's very unique in his style, super agile for being 6'8". Uh, and it's going to catch, could catch Wilder off guard. But I think from that first fight, Wilder has learned the style of Fury and is a little bit more comfortable in the ring. As Fury's never really been known as a great power puncher, he's going to put a lot more points on the board. As Wilder is more of a power puncher who's not going to put those points on the board and may look to end the fight early. So if you do end up checking that out, let's talk on Saturday while the fight's going on and maybe see how the, how the events transpire. And so, starting on the 17th post-All-Star Weekend rush here, we have the Converse Pro Leather Black History Month. We also have the Chuck Taylor Black History Month. Those are in kind of a dark green shade with the Chuck Taylor having yellow, blue, and black. We get the Mickey Mouse Adidas collection. That's going to be a superstar, a Stan Smith, and a Stan Smith white black, while the other one is in 3D. We get the Nike LeBron 17 James Gang. 17 has come out with a plethora of models and colorways, and this one is actually not too shabby. I love the midsole and the air bubble on it. We finally see another OBJ silhouette. Keep giving OBJ weird sportswear silhouettes and hoping his name sells it. 
This is the Nike Air Max 720 OBJ slip. Um, comes out on the 21st. Uh, you know, not necessarily for me, the laceless design with buckles and straps. Um, some people may like it. Some may sell just for OBJ, but it seems like Nike is missing some opportunities with OBJ um, by putting them on some of these models. Um, but in the same regards, I can't argue it because it is selling the shoe, but I'd love to see him get a little bit more uh, creative or freedom or freedom with the silhouettes he's has his name attached to. And then on the 22nd, we see three different Yeezy boosts. We get the 350 V2 Taillight, 350 V2 Earth, and 350 V2 Flax. And for the record, I'm tired of the V2. Uh, there's so many similar looking colors that have come out now that it all kind of blends together. And it's great that people who really want the model have the ability to grab it. But I'd love to see them start cranking out, you know, maybe a 750 V2 or maybe pushing this easy quantum a little bit harder, the basketball sneaker. But that's going to be it, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope it was beneficial in terms of understanding your finances, maybe some of these upcoming releases, or maybe you're with me and you're going to be watching that fight on Saturday between Wilder and Fury. Uh, as always, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the love you've been showing on social media, the voice messages I've been getting. I'm working on a great interview coming up that I think will be really fun and insightful to the sneaker design process and some other things in the background. So with all that being said, I'll catch you guys next time.